Hi guys and welcome to another brown car guy and buddies and today we are talking to somebody all the way over in Cape Town in South Africa a guy called Sudhir Banzai Matai who I've met a couple of times uh, most famously on the launch of a very special car that we will probably get into when we start talking and it was quite a few years ago I haven't seen him in years but we obviously stay in touch he runs an online portal called Double uh, Apex Auto and it's not only uh, an automotive media outlet but he also does a range of clothing on there and we're going to talk about how that all came about and he's also something of a pretty handy racing driver and I think that's sort of quite a passion for him so it'll be fascinating to talk to him about how he managed to get into all of that and how he's managed to accomplish all of that and what he's been doing this year anyway before we get into that make sure that you're subscribing to youtube.com forward slash brown car guy make sure that you're following me on all the social media channels just search for my hashtag it's there on my hat hashtag brown car guy and of course subscribe to brown car guy.com if you enjoy my content you can also sponsor me on patreon.com forward slash shazad shake and i'll tell you more about that at the end of the video cool let's get into this there how you doing mate it has been ages i cannot even remember the last time we actually physically met it has been very long buddy it has been years and years since we met I mean, we keep in touch over social media and facebook and all these nice things but yeah it has been years since we shared a car and uh, and swapped war stories shoulder to shoulder <laughs> i remember because it's wonderfully you posted recently uh the picture of you with the uh the 911 turbo and then it came up in my stream as well as a, as a memory and that was how many years ago was that is that nine years ago or something like that that would have been yeah probably yeah. it was a second gen 997 turbo yeah. that you and i shared in yeah. in portugal i think that's right and yeah, yeah. uh I took the picture of you in that car park and you took the picture of me so it showed up on our Facebook feeds like a day apart. That's right, that's right, yeah, that was good fun. That was a great day, that was really, really good. That was a good fun uh, event as well. And it was, funnily enough, it was exactly a day later after I had driven Porsche Turbo S 992. Right, oh, so right. Got almost a full generation plus one <laughs> how far apart we've seen each other <laughs> that's amazing isn't it uh, so it's one so so we measure time in porsches how's that <laughs> yes yeah we measure in 911 increments <laughs> that's how we do so uh, mate so you are i mean you've been a journalist for two decades but we'll get into that but tell me what is uh double apex i mean you're based in cape town in south africa and you do this double apex thing which was like a clothing range i mean how What's that? How does that tally with automotive journalism? What's that all about? Double Apex started as a bit of a, a pet project. I was uh, employed, as you know, uh, for many years by a leading South African print title. And uh, during that time, one of my assignments was to go racing name, name, name and report title, on name it. The, name the title, name the magazine. I was a car magazine in South Africa. And one of my work assignments was to go racing for a full season at the national level. And it's the first full season I racing, of racing I'd ever done. And this, you know, everyone tells you about this, uh, this drug called motorsport. And once <laughs> I'd done a season, I was addicted. And uh, I had to work on a way to then continue uh, uh, racing. So I decided to start this uh, clothing label called Double Apex. It's an automotive-inspired uh, clothing label, so gear for petrol heads. And... Um, 
I had run that for about two or three years and using all the proceeds from the clothing label to fund my race car. So I wasn't dipping into my rent and to my grocery fund every month to go and uh, enjoy my hobby. So what sort and, of clothes uh, are we talking about? Uh, the, the bulk of our lineup is t-shirts. Um, I'm wearing one of them now. Um, there's um, hoodies, caps, beanies, mugs, stickers, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and all, all of it has uh, an automotive and motorsport in uh, slot. So let's go back so, a little bit. What is your link with clothing? What inspired you to do, okay, you know, I mean, like, you know, car people and clothing don't necessarily collide in the normal sphere of things. So how did you go, oh, you know what? I'm going to start a clothing range. Was there a background or something in that area? No, there isn't actually. Um, you know, as you pointed out, I'm down in Cape Town. We're quite far away from um, the UK, Germany, the US. And you get all this really cool automotive gear in Europe and, and the US. And to get that stuff landed in South Africa invariably ends up costing more than the product itself. So I bought stuff when I traveled, uh, really cool, you know, T-shirts of racetracks I'd driven, um, occasionally, you know, a, a funny T-shirt with a car saying on it. And I realized that there was nobody in South Africa doing it. And I thought to myself, well, perhaps there's a, there's a bit of a, a gap in the market here. And um, I invested uh, an entire paycheck into producing our first run, and it worked. You know, I have loads of mates who are petrol heads all over South Africa, guys I race with, uh, people that I'm friends with on Facebook, uh, you know, just people I've encountered along the way through work. And uh, they all enjoyed the, the products. So I saw it as an opportunity to, to you know, make a little bit of dosh on the side and also to be a bit of a creative outlet. So I, I use some of the, the sort of... What was your, your background? Did you have a background in design or, or uh, you know, graphic design or anything like that? No, not at all. Mm. You know, the, the, the concepts are mine and, and, and often the, the sayings and the slogans you see on the shirts yeah. are, are something that we've heard along the way or yeah. a standing joke in the automotive community. So I used those to uh, then create this clothing line of T-shirts. Excellent. So that's a stroke of genius. So let's, let's put the clothing range aside for a minute and go back to the motor racing. How did you get into motor racing then? So, you know, being a petrol head, you always want to want to drive well, actually, cars. Well, actually, you you know, drive we, well, well, actually, before that, then define how did you become a petrol head? Because one of the things that, you know, we have talked about in, in this series, actually, is trying to understand where does the petrol head gene come from? You know, and I think for a lot of different people from different cultures and different backgrounds, it comes from different places. You know, like for me, I can't even identify where it came from. It just like I just had it, you know. So like, how did you how did you catch that bug? Um, it's easy enough. In my case, it, it, it stemmed from my family. Um, my uh, dad and his brothers were into cars and I, I've got many cousins who are older than I am and they were all into cars. So from the time we were very little, we were surrounded by guys who knew about cars, who were always repairing cars and working on them. And um, so, you know, weekends you you were passing as, as, as a youngster, as, as a, you know, sort of bottom end of, of school, six, eight years old, you were in an uncle's garage passing him, you know, torque wrenches and ring spanners and Allen keys. 
and you learned along the way. You learned what things did. Uh, you learned how to replace them, and eventually that you know goes from passing the tools and helping to fix to uh, I want to drive this thing now. You know, I want to. Yeah. I want to see how it goes. And um, what kind, what kind so of cars are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> so going back into the mid eighties, uh, a couple of old Fords. My dad had a, a Mark One Cortina. Wow. Um, yeah, he had a, a Cortina GT, uh -huh. which, uh, according to my mom, he drove too quickly, and uh -huh. she made him sell it, and, and he right. had to buy a Beetle when right. my brother was born. Um, my my uncles and my cousins drove things like uh, Datsun Triple S's. Uh -huh. uh, there were a couple of Ford Escorts, um, a couple of VW Bugs. I remember yeah. somebody owned a VW cabrio not a genuine cabrio but a vw cabrio um so so that was sort of the the spectrum of, of cars that we were we were privy to and, and we got to see and and uh and work on as youngsters that's amazing so i mean that's a lot of cool cars actually so i can see where that come from and then at one point did you decide then actually before we get into the motor racing um Tell us a little bit about car culture in South Africa, you know, and you were obviously privy to it because of the family and the, and the fact that they, they all worked on cars. But how easy is it there to get into cars? I mean, do you have access to them? Do you have access to media, especially when you were younger? The car culture in SA is, is, is quite deeply rooted. You know, I, I think people abroad don't, don't know what's going on down here. Uh, they don't understand the, the depth uh, and, and breadth of of the, of just the, the love for cars and automotive passion within SA. Um, you know, we, we had cars as far back as Model T. Yeah. So we're going right to the start of, of the last century when the first car started driving. All the, the, the major OEMs were producing here at some point. Um, and, you know, currently we have Mercedes, BMW, Volkswagen, Nissan, um, I'm missing somebody, but uh, you know, they, you know, there's a, like a half a dozen automotive manufacturers who produce right here on, on local soil. Ah. Uh, so, you know, we've had motorsport in South Africa. We we had a not a Formula One, but a Grand Prix race in 1948. Ah. We've had a, a dozen tracks that have hosted countless uh, Formula One World Championship events. We've got our own Formula One World Champion, as you know, in in Jody Schechter, who lives in in your part of the world now. Um, so it, it is, you know, there was lots going on in the automotive space. So it, as a youngster, 30, 35 years ago, it was, you were surrounded by it. You know, the old yeah. dirt oval tracks all over the country. There were drag strips in, in many places. So it wasn't difficult to, uh -huh. to access uh, automotive culture. And was, it, was rallying a big thing? I beg your pardon? Rallying. Yeah, rallying has been quite big uh, in SA. Um, up until fairly recently, the, the, the scene's taken a bit of a beating in the last few years. But, you know, we have um, proper works Audi Quattro's running here in the 80s. You know, yeah. full-on uh, Audi Motorsport works effort with guys that were racing not only in South Africa, who would then go to Europe and the U.S. and race Audi Quattro's wow. there and then come back and race them here. So they were the top guys, uh, not only in, you know, in SA, but they were competing on the world stage at the same time. 
That's amazing. So how did you then get into track racing then? I mean, what, what inspired you to, to, to go down that route? Especially as opposed to like, as you've said, there were all these other disciplines such as, you know, dirt racing, drag racing, rallying, but you specifically, and especially from looking at your trophies behind there, you've obviously been quite successful at it as well. So how, what, what, what took you in that direction? Um, well, I enjoy driving fast, you know, as many of us do, uh, us, us. Uh, motoring journalists are privy to, uh, you know, some pretty cool experiences uh, all over the world and racetracks. I think, you know, when you and I drove that 997 Turbo, we spent the morning driving on the road and yeah. the afternoon doing countless laps of Estoril Formula One circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd, I'd done multiple uh, track driving experiences for many, many years um, at, at many different tracks in many different cars. I, you know, I didn't suck at it. I was, I was, you know, I knew how to turn the steering wheel. Uh, you know, I know where to hit the brake pedal. I, I, I don't run it off the track too often. Um, so we were going to, uh, and I've, I've, I'm a massive Formula One fan. I have been since I was like six or seven years old. Uh -huh. yeah, following circuit racing, we had a, a, an incredible national circuit racing series here uh, for many, many years. We used to have our own version of touring cars. Right. Uh, you know, we had the same rule set that you guys had in the UK and other parts of Europe. So the European drivers would come down to South Africa to race and our guys would go over to Europe and the UK to race. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's the level we were competing at. And I'd always followed circuit racing. I always thought it was interesting. Um, Who were your we favorite to, drivers? Uh, I'm a big Hamilton fan. You know, I, right. I, I, I have been for a very long time. I was a big Schumacher fan back in the day um, when I was very young. You know, it was the Prost Senna era, and I enjoyed yeah. Prost's um, uh, calculated and measured approach to racing. So I was a fan of, of Prost. And, and a bit further back, um, Gilles Villeneuve was, you know, yeah. the, the gung-ho, uh, sideways, leave nothing on the table kind of driver. <laughs> he was fantastic. Uh, Jody Schechter, you know, South Africa's Formula One champ, uh -huh. I, I've never met. Um, he... Uh, speaks very highly of Gilles. I've never met Jody. I'd like to at some point maybe uh, interview him or visit him. I, I believe he's got a phenomenal car collection. Uh, seems like quite an interesting guy. So, you know, I followed uh, motor racing for, for many, many years. And at my last job, uh, I'd attend many launches where there was a, a track driving experience. So, you know, you get better at it the more you do. Yeah. You have opportunity to, to ride alongside some really uh, famous and really quick drivers like... Uh, mm -hmm. Walter Roll and yeah. Romain Dumas and Felipe Massa and you know you watch what guys are doing and you hope that that you can try and emulate you know, just a little bit of what they're doing mm -hmm. uh, and in 2012 uh, the company I was working for got the opportunity to put one staff member forward to compete in a full season of uh, national circuit racing uh, in a one-make series called Polo Cup uh -huh. And my boss came up to me and said, I've got this opportunity for you. Uh, you know, I know it's something you want to do. Would you, would you like to, to raise polos for a season? And it is quite a, it was quite a tricky question because polos, Polo Cup is the most competitive series that we've had for 20, 25 years in South Africa. I can imagine. But yeah, it's, it's, it's extremely, extremely competitive. And the youngest guys are around 15 oh, and a oh, half oh. years old. How many cars in the field? Uh, the year I competed, we went as high as 36. 
Wow. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you can just picture it, a load of little polos jostling about 36 of them on the track. That's incredible. Yeah, that's a traffic jam of note, you know, <laughs> and if you half a second quick, uh, quicker than, than your last lap, you know, you gain six or eight places on the grid. Uh -huh. So I recall one, one particular race where I think 21 cars fell within one second of each other. Right. Um, from one to 21 was, you know, as a one second blanket. So my boss said to me, would you, would you like to go circuit racing? And um, it didn't take me long to, to agree. Yeah. Though I knew it was, it was, it was this massive, you know, um, you, you, were like, to climb you, were like, you were like, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly what it was. But yeah. I did, I did have a few sleepless nights, uh, uh, post making that decision, wondering yeah. whatever okay. I got myself into. Uh, so I raced that season, uh, you know, I, I didn't hurt myself. I didn't hurt anybody else. Yeah. I, I didn't get lapped. There must be a bit of door rubbing, a bit of body rubbing when there's that many cars on the track though. Say again. Uh, there must, there must, be a bit of must be a bit of jostling and a bit of door rubbing, you know, with that many cars. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was crazy. I mean, you know, we'd, we'd, um, we probably went through one write-off per race. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it can be, and, and, and it can be worse than that at some races when guys get, get yeah. stuck into each other and yeah. people lose their cool, you know, you can get two, three cars out in, in a single accident. Mm. So, and was that for Volkswagen Motorsports? Was that for actually for Volkswagen themselves? Yeah, so Volkswagen is the series sponsor right. uh, and we produce polos here. Yeah, right. So it's uh, a cost-effective mm -hmm. series um, for up-and-coming races. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a one make car, it's a control tire, mm. uh, it's control fuel, control brake pads. So it really, it's, it's sort of a, you know, a grown up version of karting where everything is really, really controlled, regulated yeah. when it comes down to driver skill. So I done a season worth of, uh, polos and, uh, we weren't off, we didn't go back a second season to, to race mm. again at the national level. And I spent sort of. I think a year or two just moping around, wondering how <laughs> I would get in, back into a race car. Uh -huh. And then I started, I started Double Apex uh -huh. uh, with the intent then of using any proceeds. If Double Apex worked as yeah. a clothing line, anything I made of Double Apex, I would then plow into a hobby yeah. um, motorsport career. Brilliant. Brilliant. What a struggle. Yeah, Double Apex. <laughs> Double Apex took off a bit better than we, than we anticipated initially. We uh -huh. thought, you know, we, we'd be positive in a year or so. Uh -huh. And probably, I think, within three months, we were, we were, we were doing okay. We were more than yeah. breaking even. So uh, I went off and I bought a car. Yeah. And I started to race prep it. What did you get? And I think I, I got a, a first-generation Mazda MX-5. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. They, they're quite rare down here. Uh, uh -huh. I think there's just sort of two, three hundred of them uh, in total, uh, unlike UK and the US where there are tens of thousands of them. I found this car had been sitting in a warehouse somewhere neglected by its previous owner and uh, I made him a cheeky offer and he agreed. So I, I took it off his hands. I race prepped it. I found a series that would accommodate uh, a roadster and uh, went racing. Excellent, excellent. And never looked back since. That's amazing. So, and you've and you've and you've raced for Ford as well. You said. Uh, I raced for Ford. 
uh, in an off-road race, you know, like a rally raid ah, style, right, like a Dakar right, right. style event. Cool. So uh, Ford, Ford gave us a, a Ranger pickup, uh, near ah. standard Ranger pickup uh, to compete at the national level. And I did one round of that event of the series and I put it on the podium, wow. which is pretty cool. Uh, I've been quite lucky. I raced a couple of interesting machines. I also raced a 997 GT3 Cup car. Um, uh, a very good friend of mine uh, races uh, Porsches here in South Africa. And there was an endurance event and he said to me, you know, I know you've always wanted to drive one of these and I've got this endurance event, event coming up and uh, you're welcome to share the car with my son who's going to be in the in the spare car. So I joined them uh, for a race weekend. The son and I uh, raced and we were in contention with the dad and very <laughs> late in the race, very late in the race. And we were very conscious of the fact that, you know, it was the, the team boss and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so we were just, you know, we were going to drive it to the end. We were, we were lying in a, in a strong position quite late into the race. I drove the, the second half of the, of the Enduro and the lead car, which was our teammate, got a puncture very late into the race and he got his puncture very early in the lap. Right. So we unlapped ourselves and in the time it took for him to go back to the pits, we put, I think, two laps on him uh -huh. and he recovered one of those. But I think in the end, he finished a lap down to us. So we ended up winning that race. It was oh, a right. endurance event. <laughs> I wonder and how the dad... Car that didn't belong to us. Oh, no. <laughs> wonder how the dad felt about that. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, the team manager was cool. The owner, team owner and manager was cool about it. He was quite happy one of his cars won. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, he had the pace on us, but endurance racing is endurance racing, you know. That's true. Uh, they're very good friends of mine, even after I raced their car. Yeah. Uh, they, they run a, a team called Bigfoot Express Freight, right. and uh, they're constantly running 911 Right. GTD Cup cars that they bring from Europe. Uh, uh, really, really cool outfit. And uh, they've got a 991 Cup car at the moment, which if I can twist his arm one of these days, I'll, I'll get behind the wheel of. Awesome. So, <laughs> let's, so, let's, so let's, let's go back a bit earlier and go back to how you started out in motoring journalism. Um, because again, that's a, that's a very interesting arena and it's not always easy for people to get into. What's it like over there in South Africa? So... Because we've had such a rich history of, of motoring in South Africa, motoring journalism goes, you know, back 30, 35 years. It's not quite as old as, uh, you know, the UK and those long standing titles we have over there. But the oldest titles in South Africa are over 60 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, you know, a petrol head, much like yourself, for my entire life. I'd finish uh, my high school, I'd gone to university, I'd studied uh, an undergraduate law degree. And when I walked out with my undergrad, uh, with, legal, with legal studies as a basis, I just thought to myself, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to go yeah. and work in the automotive business. And I didn't you know, have funny. a plan. You, I, you know, it's something really funny because we, I interviewed recently a guy over here called uh, Sayed, uh, and uh, he runs uh, the Drivers' Union Supercar Club. And he was telling me, like, very similar to you, he suddenly one day decided that he wanted to do law. So he went off and he did a law degree. But by the time he finished it and started applying for jobs, he decided, nah, it's not really for me. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if the passion's that strong in you and you realize that you won't be happy yeah. unless you, you go and work in this field. Um, 
and I had a double major. I had psychology and I had legal studies. Right. And neither of those appealed to me. You know, I didn't want to sit at a desk all day in either one of those fields. So I decided I was going to work in the automotive field. I, I tried to 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 get into um, the Formula One game in a. I was hoping for some sort of technical role, right. and that didn't quite work out. And I eventually started writing, mm-hmm. uh, just to keep myself busy. You know, having read so many magazines over the years, yeah. I thought, well, you know, I could give this a shot. And I started writing initially a couple of freebie stories for local newspapers. Mm-hmm. Um, was and that, was then, that about motorsports? Was that about motorsports? Say again. Was that about motorsports then? Yeah, just in general, you know, if it was a, a, a friend's car that was pretty interesting, right, right, uh, right. a local motorsport event, whether it was an autocross Gymkhana style event. And then I don't recall why, but I started submitting work to an Australian magazine. Mm-hmm. And they enjoyed the work, uh, the, the variation from the usual content from the South African market. They liked what they saw. They asked me to submit a couple of pictures with my words. And then I started submitting to this Aussie magazine and then a New Zealand magazine, a Kiwi magazine. Wow, interesting. And they were paying me in Aussie and Kiwi dollars. Yeah. And this African rand, you know, our, yeah. our money is relatively weak against sort of pound, yeah. euro, yeah. Aussie dollar and Kiwi dollar. So the money coming in from uh, that side of the world was actually pretty decent. And I thought yeah. to myself, well, I could make a go of this. Yeah. And I, I pursued a freelance uh, career for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I got noticed somewhere along the line by uh, an organization here in South Africa that tries to train budding automotive journalists. Oh, it's really? Our, yeah, our, our, yeah, yeah, it's our guild of, of writers. I think you guys have yeah, we have motor the guild writers of, guild. Yeah, yeah. We, we, have, we have the guild of motoring writers here, and then we have smaller groups, uh, you know, writers groups around the region. Yeah, right. So we have the African Guild of Motoring Journalists, mm-hmm. and also you know a long-standing organization that's like forty years old, and they had got to a point about twenty years ago where they needed to bring in uh, younger, enthusiastic guys into the fold who knew the space really well, and you know were interested to pursue this as a career. Yeah. And somebody there had caught wind of my CV and yeah. they said, listen, we run this, this trainee program yeah. and we'd like you to apply. So I did and I was shortlisted, made the final round and I was eventually awarded their scholarship for a year. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good program. I'm, I don't think it runs any longer, uh, which is a shame because it helped to yeah. To to bring in you know a whole a whole generation of of young yeah. uh, writers into the fray, so you run over the course of one year uh, through different aspects of the automotive game. So you yeah. you go to a, a trucking publication, you go to a motorsport publication. Ah, interesting. You do a, a bit of PR, so you, you work on the other side of the fence, and you you, right. know, you, you see it from that point of view, which is quite cool. Gives you a very good. Uh, understanding of what that side of the business has to deal with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think motoring journalists the world over can be quite, what's the A tricky bunch. We're a bunch of babies, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you said it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Demanding little babies ready to throw our toys out of the pram at a moment's notice. That's what we are, I know. Matter of fact, yeah, exactly. us sometimes, yeah. So it's, it is pretty cool as a journalist to work on the other side of the fence and, yeah. and realize what goes on and, you know, what the, the PR industry has to put up with. So I worked PR. So tell me uh, this. I, this program was really useful to you. And, um, you know, South Africa is quite a, an ethnic mix, isn't it? It's quite a cultural mix of, of different people. And um, so I'm the brown car guy. You're an honorary brown car guy. How is it for brown car guys over there? Are there a lot of people in the media like you? Yeah, uh, you know, the, the, you know, if you use the strict definitions, the, the, the brown folks make up a very small percentage of South Africa. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's 2.5%. No, it's actually less than that. It's like 1.8% or 2%. And um, we're quite well represented mm -hmm. in not just the motoring space, in the automotive space, but in the motoring industry at large. So there oh, are lots really? of people. Wow. Yeah, in prominent, prominent positions in... Um, the OEM space. All right. um, so, you know, heads of communication, uh -huh. uh, GMs of companies, heads of uh, marketing, um, heading up entire division. So the passenger car division of Mercedes-Benz is headed up by, by an Indian guy. Uh, head of comms, Audi, is a young Indian girl. Um, wow. so and what about, what about on the media side? Say again? What about on the media side? Yeah, on the media side as well, you know, there's there's a fair number of, of, of brown guys, uh, a couple of girls, very few. Um, there are a good few brown guys, though, um, across the field. Um, wow, that's fantastic. I think I, might move, I think I might move to South Africa, honestly. You're, you're making it sound fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> especially, the numbers are quite high, especially considering the small percentage that we make up. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Of, you know, if you did the, the proportional representation, yeah. you'd think they should be like one or half yeah. per event. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably two and three per event, maybe sometimes more. That's amazing. Um, it's the complete opposite to here, which is, it's, it's kind of tragic, but that's a, that's a whole different discussion, but that's really good to hear. So in terms of yeah. you know, what you've been doing recently, so, I mean, you, 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 I saw you were, you were reviewing a couple of Hondas recently, but what's been cool this year? I mean, how has it been during this lockdown? Have you managed to get out and do much stuff during this, uh, this weird, weird year that we've had? <laughs> yeah, so our lockdown here was interesting. Um, well, I mean, going, South, going Africa, back one South step, Africa has actually dealt with it quite well, hasn't it? With the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So just going back one step, uh, Double Apex, we were talking about earlier on, the clothing la uh, label has since morphed into a clothing label plus an automotive content yeah. portal. Yeah. Just mention the URL where people can find you. Yeah, so it's doubleapex.co.za. Hopefully, you you can stick a link into yep. the into the bottom of this video. Yeah. Um, .co.za, which is the the important yep. points. It's double as in two and apex as in you know apex on a racetrack, and that uh, automotive content portal is now is mine, and I um, I run it and I edit it, and you know I get I have a couple of contributors uh, on an ad hoc basis, but it is essentially my baby. I, I, I've, I've branched out on my own and I run this entire, this entire portal. So I've been um, sort of home office for the better part of two and a bit years. Yeah. And when the lockdown arrived, life didn't really change for me because yeah. I was slid home yeah, at, yeah. My, at my desk yeah, doing yeah, what yeah. I was doing prior to that. Um, the only difference is that my missus is now 
<laughs> in the house every day. She doesn't yeah. go to work. Um, so the lockdown was interesting. You know, I think we started end of March. Yeah. Uh, towards the very end of March, our our president took advice from the medical fraternity, and we've got a, you know, you know the but the history of South Africa. So we've got this very poor. Um, large segments of the population that, that mm-hmm. doesn't have great health care and yeah. lives very close to each other and, and, and travels in, in public transportation. And they saw the likelihood of this spreading yeah. very rapidly. And they put a, a very hard lockdown in place very early. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yeah. So we, we've had infections like, like many places in the world. The numbers went up. And... Um, for our population, we, we've handled it well. I think there are a few underlying factors. There's talk that one of the mandatory uh, immunizations we take as youngsters has helped us to um, have a very low fatality rate versus right. other parts of the world. So during lockdown, I was still at my desk, you know, at my home office, like I had been for yeah. a year and a half. So. And the only thing that changed was that, you know, we weren't going to car launches, obviously. Yes, we yes. weren't getting cars to review. Yeah. Um, so I decided in, in, in the early part of lockdown, that first sort of month, six weeks, um, I, I saw an opportunity with my channel and I, I started to produce content specifically for people who are now at home. Yeah. And I'd done uh, multiple pieces on my, on my site and it's all up there still. Uh, you know, what to watch uh, when you're stuck at home as a car yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, of course, uh, yeah. So I did these multiple posts of of these collections of, of really cool car content that maybe yeah. you were too busy to catch before and, and now you've got a little bit of time on your hands. You can, you can watch it. So I had this ramp up of traffic on my website in the first uh, four to six weeks of lockdown where... People hadn't quite figured out how they were going to work and where they were going to work and what they were going to do. Yeah. So by and large, people were sitting around doing very little at home and on their phones and on their laptops all day. And my website traffic just started to climb yeah. uh, to unseen numbers before. And I took the opportunity then to try and bring on, bring on a couple of advertisers to the site, mm-hmm. which worked initially because yeah. we were doing such good numbers. And then I think once people sort of settled into, hang on, this is going to be my foreseeable yeah. future and I, 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 I've got to work. So yeah. people started to work at home and then I saw yeah. a little bit of tail off on, yeah. on the traffic on my website. <laughs> people thought it's not, just a, it's not just a laugh, this lockdown thing, we've got to actually work through it. So anyway, we're coming up towards the end of uh, the, the, well, I always go over the time slot as I always claim. Uh, but looking forward to 2021 and hopefully this terrible year is going to be behind us. What, what are the cars yeah. that you're looking forward to driving most? And you know, what's really exciting you about the car industry? Uh, I'm looking forward to driving anything. <laughs> <laughs> Another feeling. <laughs> I'm looking forward to driving anything. You know, uh, when when you're in our position and, and you've been there for many, many years, uh, when you're doing it, it seems like a chore. You know, when, you, when yeah. you're charging to the airport and you're getting on a flight and you're going somewhere, uh, typically somewhere nice and a nice hotel and a nice car. Um, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, 
to to traveling somewhere to to drive some decent. I want to drive a racetrack again. I haven't been on a track in way too long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel I feel the nerves every now and then, and I want to put my <laughs> racing gloves on. I want to put my helmet on and and go out. And so I'm looking forward to to jumping back in my race car at some point. Um, Twenty one. There's some interesting electric cars that are yeah. that are coming out. Um, I drove 911 Turbo S, which yeah. which you saw the other day online. Yeah. It's uh, it quite quite a machine that uh, I was I didn't think I'd get my hands on, and yeah. Porsche South Africa decided that they were going to host a, a ride and drive event, a very small event. So it was like yeah. one Porsche Turbo, one Cayenne, and very very um, distanced yeah, type of course. event. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was which was pretty cool. Uh, the 911 Turbo S. I believe there's a, you know, there's a GT3 in the works, which hopefully we'll see early in the year, if not the year before the year is out. Um, that Rymac yeah. electric car, which we, we there, see constantly. Is, is there a lot of interest in electric cars in South Africa? Uh, we have very few electric cars. Yeah. Very, very few electric cars. So, was that the question? Uh, yeah, yeah. What was it? What's the interest there? Because I imagine the infrastructure at the moment it can't be that great for charging electric cars. No, it's 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 near. It's it's virtually zero. Yeah. You know, I think we've got in pure EV terms. I think there's like four models that you can yeah. buy. There's a Hunt Jaguar I-Pace. Mm -hmm. There's a Nissan Leaf. There's a Mini Electric. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm missing one. An I3. Um, you know, that's sort of the sum total of what you can buy from pure EVs. Yeah. And there isn't really a network to, to support yeah, yeah. Uh, EVs just yet. So the interest isn't there. Also, the cars are expensive. Yeah, so there's course, no yeah. tax rebate. Yeah. Um, there's no incentive to go electric just yet. Mm. Uh, oh, sorry. We also get Taycan. Uh, Taycan was launched right, earlier this year. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cool, man. You know what? It's been absolutely awesome to catch up with you after all this time. And we must do this again soon. But uh, it's a fascinating uh, also to get an insight into that region and the car culture over there and how the year has been. So it's been absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much for doing this. And once again, just remind people where they can find you. Just, uh, just say your uh, URLs and uh, social media accounts. Yeah. Uh, firstly, thank you very much for hosting me. I appreciate it. It's really cool to see you again and to chat. Uh, you know, we do keep in touch on, on, on Facebook and that. And it, it, does, it doesn't come close to actually seeing someone and, and, and having a a proper one-on-one -on -one chat. Hopefully, you know, one day we're sitting across the table and we, we're talking about 2020 in very <laughs> nostalgic terms. <laughs> you know, having having just driven a, a car on a racetrack and yeah. we're and we and we get to enjoy a a cup of coffee together. Um, the the website's doubleapex.co.za. That's d o u b l e a p e x. Co.za. Uh, UK is co uk. We are co. Zaid Africa, um, and we're on Instagram as well. We DBL APXSA. People can find me mostly on on my own social media. It's usually Banzai Matai, so it's B A N Z A I M A T A I. So it's Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, we put out whatever content we generate on the website. We get through, we, we disseminate via all our social media platforms. That's awesome. Dude, thanks so much, Sudhir. It's been fantastic to talk to you. And uh, yeah, speak to you again soon. Same here, mate. Thank you so much.
but it's always fun to catch up with and compare notes with a fellow automotive journalist content creator and in this case he's also a racing driver and has a fantastic range of clothing do go check that out and you know what we'll order something maybe you'll give me a commission if you do anyway it was awesome to catch up with him i hope that you enjoyed that conversation i certainly enjoyed it and uh, let me know what you thought in the comments above below elsewhere of course do check out his platforms i'll put all the links below as well now make sure that you are subscribing to youtube.com forward slash brown car guy so you don't miss any of these plus the other content i do which is the bulletin stuff which is kind of news and commentary stuff and also car reviews and some other content as well on this channel hit that notification bell icon so you don't miss any of my uploads make sure that you follow me on all the social media channels just search for my hashtag it's brown car guy as you see it there on my hat and of course subscribe to browncarguy.com if you enjoy my content you know what you can sponsor my content and that would be absolutely fantastic it would help me a lot in order to keep doing what i do and you know pay for the time energy and resources that it takes to create this content and you will join such incredible luminaries as Muhammad Ali Omed over in the UAE, Partha over in India, find him on Parthens.com, Tom Conway Gordon here in the UK, Isaac Beauchard over in America, find him on BespokeAutos.com, uh, Reza Adil here, uh, find him at Instagram account, uh, alazarde.cigars and also Muhammad Qasim and find him on WE hms.com find them there these guys are awesome because they're supporting me you could join that lineup as well just go to my patreon account if not if you can't do it no worries just make sure you hit that like button make sure that you comment if you can subscribe you absolutely must be doing so and tell all your friends to do the same and of course share it if you can that would be absolutely awesome thanks so much for watching and i'll catch you all again soon in the next video